Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is Q&A number 113. It's October 11th, 2022. And this podcast is made basically for my Facebook virtual coaching group, which has 117 members in 23 states and one international. Welcome new members, Brianna, Kelly, and Amy from Florida. Uh, this weekend, I had a clinic. What an awesome clinic it was. I'm going to um, get into the topic and the questions for this week in just a moment. But I just wanted to say uh, horsemanship is a lifelong journey. You will never stop learning. And I can tell you with every horse I've ever trained, every lesson or clinic I've done, every horse and rider I meet, I learn something new. And it's because there are no two horses and riders that are the same. Everyone's individuals. Of course, you can have like certain categories for horses or people, <clears throat> but they all have their own little unique take on everything, how they learn, how they process <clears throat> their goals, how, the speed that they can go at, um, you know, quickly or slowly or more detailed or, or need to keep it more simple. <coughs> excuse me, everybody's a little bit different. So with that said, it kind of ties into my topic today, which is about foundation and the importance of it. Because horsemanship is basically the relationship between horse and man or horse and woman. And it's really based a lot on feel and timing. <coughs> excuse me, and that relationship of love, trust, respect, and communication of cues. I hope my throat's okay when I talk all day at a clinic and then I had a lot of videos to do for the group. Um, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays are always the craziest, but I usually get a few done Saturday and Sunday. But in this case, I have um, actually now 36 videos to review and I've only gotten 17 done so far yesterday um, because the clinic, I didn't do any over the weekend. So anyhow, I will get them done, but if we have, for the new members in the group, um, I will be working on videos. Usually I work half a day outside with lessons and, and chores and such, and half a day inside. Now Monday, I, I spent over eight hours on videos, So, um, but usually I do half outside, half inside for the day, and that's normally my normal routine, um, and uh, obviously the videos are coming in the most Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So, um, because that's when barrel racers compete for the most part. So normally the turnaround time is 24 to 48 hours, but you can always give me an extra day if the weekends are busy, especially if I had a lot of lessons or a clinic. So, okay. So let's go ahead and get into, um, a couple of things. Anybody who's purchased on Amazon my new barrel racing log or perform and performance tracker, if you'll look at the very last page, and even if you haven't bought it off Amazon for the hard copy and you only got your email copy uh, PDF when you signed up for membership, the very last page is the one-minute positive sprint. It's a mindset challenge, and I challenge you in the book to write your own positive sprint to read it and say it out loud daily to give you confidence in yourself, your riding, and your competition goals, even to calm you down before a competition and know when you are go or no-go for competition. 
go would be calm, confident, focused, positive, and present in the moment. No go would be doubting your horse, yourself, and negative thoughts. So always get back to your go mindset before you ride, compete, or train, or basically in everything in life. As you guys know, October's challenges are mindset, believe. So this ties in perfect with that. And then the skill is going to be um, smoother smoother turns to lead to faster times. And we'll be talking about that and having videos in the group all month long for that. Things that will help you improve. So here's an example of a one-minute sprint. And I wanted to start it out this Q&A on that because um, I really think that barrel racing, half is skill and half is mindset. You can lose the barrel race before you ever get out of the truck and trailer based on your thought process and the words that you tell yourself. And that's why believe is so important. And we have had several mindset challenges since August, August, September, and October. One was 1% improvement, you know, set one goal, one thing to work on, and that's a win. So at each barrel race, you should have one thing you want to work on. Maybe it's a better first barrel, come in the alleyway calm, have a clean pattern, you know, shave a half second off your time, whatever it is that, you know, that would be your 1% goal. And, um, so that, that was one month. And then we had positive thinking for another month. And now we're at the believe because being positive and setting 1% goals are great, but you really need to believe in yourself and your horse. So here's an example of a one minute sprint. Since I set my new goals, I feel a mindset shift. I believe in me and my horse. Our practice is paying off. We have a great connection. Our muscle memory is spot on. We have become so consistent. I love my life. I love our time together. I love competition. I will find something great in every run and find one thing to improve on. I have learned to breathe slow in and out to center and calm myself. I'm able to visualize a smooth but fast run. I feel calm, focused, and in the moment, I am ready. So that's an example I wrote for you, and I really hope that you apply that um, or write your own. If you don't want to write your own, just say mine out loud every day until it becomes muscle memory and you believe it. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed that. And like I said, it is in the uh, last page of my Barrel Racing Log and Performance Tracker that you can purchase on Amazon for $10 for a hard copy or you can look at your email that you got when you signed up, and it's in there. All right, so I'm going to go ahead. The topic today, we're going to do part two of the foundation importance right out of the uh, notebook, chapter three. And then, but I'm going to get to the questions first. Um, let's see here. There was one thing I wanted to address. Um, okay, so some people are not quite sure if they should send their videos to Facebook Messenger, an email, or put it in the CoachNow app. And either of the three is fine, but you don't have to do all three. Just send it one time wherever you're most comfortable. If you use Facebook Messenger, send it there. If you like, if you feel comfortable using the app, the CoachNow app doesn't cost you anything. I pay for it annually, and it's free for my athletes. So you just get... Uh, an, an invite from me when I set you up 
and all your videos are stored in one spot and you just have to remember your password when you accept the invite and set up your account. You can customize it with a picture. A lot of you have, which I love because when I go in there, I see all your horses and you and your faces and that's awesome. And some don't and that's okay too. But if you're not tech savvy and you're comfortable, just send it to me in an email or a Facebook messenger. Great. Um, some people have tried to send in text messages, but strangely, the videos are a little more blurry that way. So I don't know if that's the quality of my phone or their phone, but either way, it's not as good that way. Um, and always try to make sure they're originals. All right. So here we go. Um, we already talked about the challenges. And um, one thing I do want to mention on the uh, challenge for skill, the smooth turns equals faster times. Number one... Feel for resistance in your horse. That's really important. You don't want to have a horse. You're not going to have smooth turns if things are missing in your foundation, such as that resistance. So maybe they're stiff or not giving their face as nice left or right. So work on that. You're not going to get that fixed by pulling on a horse harder. You're going to get that fixed by doing uh, quick, quick, soft bumps. And as soon as they give release, give release, give release. And it needs to be quick, give and take. Um, pressure until they learn that you're going to ask slowly release quick as soon as they give and they're going to get softer in that face and you want that face laterally broke left and right and vertically breaking in the pole you know down you teach it at a stand a walk a trot and a lope and then number two are they stopping on their hind end do they back up straight those are all really important things because if a horse is raiding or stopping on their front end that's not good so two and three is stopping on their hind end for a nice whoa and raiding on their hind end, not feeling front heavy. So that's something to work on. You're backing up straight, backing circles, a loose rein whoa. Um, and you can get all that out of my foundation chapter three, how to work on that. We're going to get into that a little bit today. And number four, um, when you're doing circles, are you able to get the nose in, pick up the shoulder, soften the rib? Feel collection, feel their weight on their hind end, feel them with their pivot foot underneath them. The shoulders are pulling and the butt is reaching. I mean, the, the shoulders are reaching and the butt is pushing. The hips are pushing because that's where your power is in the hindquarters. And if you don't get the horse with um, almost like a half moon shape in them where you've got a little bit of nose to the inside, shoulders up, ribs are out. Because if the shoulder is not up and out, the ribs, I mean, the hip can't be in and under. So shoulder and ribs play a big part in getting the hip in and under and just keeping the horse four-wheel drive. And it has to be done with give and take, like weight in your outside stirrup, a little inside hand, and scissor legs, inside leg front cinch, outside leg back cinch. And every horse is different on how much cue and all of that, but it's certainly something that you want to um, do. So anyways, um, the next thing is, uh, number five, is collection and speed control. So this is really important. Um, if you can't get a horse to slow down from a fast canner to a slow canner or slow lope, that's a problem. So if your circles are super fast and you have no speed control, there's a problem. You should be able to lope loose rein circles. If you can't, that would certainly be a good goal as well um, to lope on a loose rein in, you know, like a round pin size circle. But you might have to teach it in spirals or single barrel first 
until the horse starts thinking about it. And you can work your circles and tie in your loose rein woe and your rollbacks all at the same time by loping a circle woe back or roll back and go the other way. Um, so that's good to do as a tune-up as well. Um, the next thing is, uh, the next item is the, uh, let me see here. Sorry, my dog's having nightmares over there. So I hope you guys don't hear him while he's sleeping. At least someone's sleeping around here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Number six, four-wheel drive. Um, pulling with the shoulder, pushing with the hips. I mentioned that already. Number seven, having a light backup, breaking in the pole. So that's key too. When I mentioned backing up, Sometimes horses don't break in the pole, and you want that. You want them to feel light on their front end, using their hind end. So when they back, they're backing more off your seat and your legs for impulsion, but they're giving nicely to your hands as well. They're not rooting on the bit or putting their head up in the air. So, all right, so let's get into questions. Uh, my novice horse is not running as smooth as my open horse in the turns, and they're just not running. What can I do? Well, first of all, a novice horse and an open horse are definitely apples and oranges. You have to give them time. And this particular horse is a five-year-old gelding. The open horse is an older mare. Um, boys and girls learn differently too. That's why you'll often see a lot of mares winning in futurities because they just really, kind of like kids, sometimes girls learn quicker than boys in the beginning, you know? Not all, of course, everyone's an individual. But um, so be patient. Uh, but if you have one that's a push horse and they haven't learned how to run yet, you can take them in an arena and teach them how to breeze. I'll always be careful when you do that. Um, you also have um, the option of <clears throat> don't work the barrel pattern as much, but yet work giant circles, maybe post trot big circles around the barrels, maybe lope big circles around the barrels, work on bend and flex so that they're not stiff and sticky. So you're working on flex and fluidity. All those things can really help that particular horse. Um, but realize that every horse is going to train and compete as an individual. And you have to really learn that some horses are really sensitive. Some are gritty. Some are fractious. Some have a ton of try and will work for you even in pain. Um, some are going to be inconsistent. Some are late bloomers. Some have tons of confidence. Others are scared. It's our job to learn what, what type of horse they are and to de develop them at a pace that they can handle. And that's why it's a lifetime to learn. It takes a lifetime to learn horsemanship. Um, it, it takes time to make a great horse. Also, remember, doing training horses, for me, knowing what I was doing, making my own 1D horses or training client horses, it would still take me two years to make a really nice horse because you want to spend a year on basics and hauling for exhibitions and exposure. And then you have a year of pattern training and entering. And then that's that's just their first two years. And then you still have seasoning for super shows and rodeos and all of that. So it's not something that happens overnight. It's not some 30, 60 day miracle. It takes years to make a great horse. So always keep that in mind. And that's with people knowing what they're doing. If you're learning with your horse, you better be patient and have... Uh, the ability to enjoy the journey in the process because it is a long time to get there. I've got members in my group that have been with me for 10 years, you know, and uh, and five years and such. And, and that's, you know, and they're still developing 
and and learning and growing every horse that they work with and train and every person that they train you know a lot of my I train trainers so a lot of my clients have clients and you know um the deal with the deal with having mentors is it keeps you inspired you know if something I say during the week keeps you more motivated than listening to the negativity in the world around you or or just not having um enough thought-provoking things in your life you know like I sometimes run out of energy and I'll read a book or watch a video or you know watch something on Facebook and I'll be like okay I'm inspired again and go you know because sometimes we need a little inspiration and so I hope that I give that to you guys um I wanted to make a comment if anybody watched the pink buckle whoo the pink buckle and the ruby boy they sure have changed things in our world I'm sure everybody saw the 850,000 stallion, the son of Traces, selling on the, um, they keep talking recession next year, but those prices on them barrel horses, I don't think the cheapest one was like, what, maybe 20 or 12,000, somewhere in there, but most of them were going 50, 60, it was crazy, and the stallions were all going for around 100,000, up to 200,000, it was insane, so obviously the pink and, and ruby buckles have really got um, some big players in it for the breeding and the incentives and all that. So it's kind of cool to see how the industry is changing. Um, and the trainers that are making the big bucks are going into that world of the those those kind of added money scenarios with the incentives. Um, it's gotten to where the average person um, can't really afford uh, to compete with them. You know, um, you know, if you can't sink you know, five or six figures into horses, you've got to make your own. So, you know, hopefully you get lucky and, you know, you get something that has some potential and develop it. But, but I mean, gosh, I, I bought babies and trained them myself based on bloodlines and something I liked about them and tried to keep my prices the, you know, two to 5,000. And now you can't even touch, you know, a 3D horse for less than 15,000. It's crazy. So, so anyways, um, it's interesting. Well, everyone's talking recession. I'm just not quite seeing it in the barrel horse world. So, okay. So a question that I got was, um, can you stay uh, slow too long? Okay. So that's a good question. Um, my answer, if you can stay slow too long when training your barrel horse, the answer would be no, if you're making mistakes due to poor foundation, rider cues, uh, uh, training pro problems in the pattern. But I could say yes, if you have a solid foundation, you are a good rider, and you have a really pretty pattern consistently, and you haven't added education with speed, because then the horse thinks that it's not a timed event, that they can just go out there and, and lope through it, and everything's going to be just fine. So, um, so yes, there, that question is a yes and a no answer, but sadly, um, the advanced writers know they should have that solid foundation, that solid pattern before they add speed. But the beginners that sometimes the people that are new to the sport, um, they want to go fast before they've got the pattern and the foundation solid. So, so that's a yes, no answer for sure. Um, okay. Let me see if I have any more questions and I'm going to get into the topic. I've already been talking 20 minutes. Oh, a bit, uh, what bit would free up a horse? Okay, so I'd have to know what bit you're in, but um, in this particular situation, they're in a, uh, a short shank two-piece uh, twist, and um, it's about medium, 
uh, in thickness, the mouthpiece. So my suggestion would be to go with a different mouthpiece, either a chain or a three-piece dog bone smooth or even a two-piece smooth and maybe even get out of a shank at all and get into an o-ring or even a side pull like a beetle or s-hack um all of those things can help free up a horse because if when you bump your horse with your hands to say come into the barrel or to, to rake the barrel and they are shutting down too much you know you may want to ride that horse almost in a halter because you know, if you have a horse that has a ton of rate and they want to turn a barrel, it really, you don't need a lot of bit in their face. You might want it for control in the alleyway or stop at the end of the barrel race, but you could can definitely consider um, having more purchase and less shank. Um, there are very expensive bits out there like that. You could spend $100, $200 for a bit like that, but you could also take something that you have in your tack room and just turn it upside down and take the chin strap off and make a lighter bit where you have higher purchase and less shank. So, but again, um, if you're in a two-piece twist, try a smooth or a three-piece chain, I mean a three-piece dog bone or a chain, and those could help, or go from that short chain gag, I mean short chain lifter, to a O-ring or side pull, or even a, um, a Loomis gag that slides only halfway, but not over the pole. And if you needed more, it would be there, but if you didn't, uh, it might be less, but I prefer that more for training than competition. And then the final question, can my body sore, a, um, if I'm sore and not in my body, can that affect my run and my horse? Yes, ma'am, it sure can. Here's what I did when I was competing. This is part of the reason um, I don't compete anymore. Having three retired horses now and rest in peace, sister. Um, it was really expensive just to have retired horses but when I was competing it was super expensive and that's why you would win 5,000 and you would spend 5,000 because of all the upkeep and here's what I highly recommend doing and you have to do it to be competitive you guys it, you can't trim you can't you can't last if you don't and um so here's three things I did at the same time every time to keep my horses and eyes sound so every time I would get chiropractic and massage on my horses I would also get myself done and I would also have the farrier out that week. So in that same week, my horses would get their bodies balanced and loose. They would get their feet balanced and my body would get loose and adjusted so that we're all soft and supple and ready together. We're all balanced and fluid together. And that's really, really important. So I want you to keep that in mind. So now I'm going to go into chapter three and finish up the part two of uh, where we were we did talk about the ground cues and having that solid foundation on the ground before you get in the saddle and then um you know being able to move all their body parts from the ground into uh that's going to tie into in the saddle um so one of those first things and i've already talked about it is face flexing and that's laterally left and right and breaking in the pole that's so important you guys and people just don't do it Every time you get on your horse, stand and before you walk off, face flex three times, left, right, down. While you're walking and warming up on a loose rein, face flex, left, right, and down. When you're post-trotting, face flex, left and right, and then sit jog into the bridle. When you're loping, nose in, nose out in your circles, maybe a quarter turn, nose in, a quarter turn, nose out. That, that suppleness, that softness makes a horse really light and responsive. You are never going to hear someone complain. My horse is too soft. My horse is too supple. 
you're going to hear them say, my horse is stiff, my horse is pushy, my horse is on their front end. Those are important things to remember. Make sure you can move those hips around. Disengage the hindquarters or push a hip in if you need to get a hip in approaching a barrel. Be able to move that front end around. Rollbacks, um, side passing, uh, just be able to soften a, uh, pick up a shoulder and soften a rib for a circle. Be able to um, side pass so you can open and close the gate. Almost every horse I brought in for training would not side pass to open and close the gate to go for a pasture ride. They're too busy running barrels, running through gates. So I teach all that stuff. Backing, back up straight. You'd be surprised how many horses cannot back up straight. Um, backing circles, super important because it keeps them soft and supple and gets that, um, that mind soft. So if you have a hot horse that's really forward, side passing, backing circles can calm that hot horse down. Teaching woe off your body because when you run to the barrels, you don't want to have to get in their face to get them to collect, slow down, or rate. And if you don't know what rate is, that's to slow down and collect their stride, shorten their stride. So teach that, you know, by walking on a loose rein, sit deep in your saddle, exhale, take your legs off, say, whoa. And if they stop, rub their butt. If they don't, pick up your hands, back them up and make them tuck in the, break in the pole. Also spend time if you've got a reactive horse after you've sacked them out and desensitized them on the ground, desensitize them in the saddle. Get them to those covered arenas. Get them to new places that are scary and have one cue that works 100% of the time to make sure they listen, whether that's one rein stops and disengage the hindquarters or one rein uh, flex and roll back, you know, but make sure you've got buttons that when they're scared, they're going to stay with you rather than bolt and buck. That's important as well. Um, notice when your horse is calm and their head's down beneath their withers, when they're licking and chewing, um, that's their way to say that they're okay, they're relaxed, and they're thinking about what you're doing. If their head is up and their ears are forward and they're snorting, that's not a horse that you should be wanting to work right now because they're in their, their flight mode instead of their listening and thinking mode. So always know how to read a horse for horsemanship. Um, you know, also want to sack them out in motion. Those are things that are important too. And like I said, um, spend time on that nose in, nose out. And you can do that in straight lines and circles. Work a lot on transitions off your seat at a fast walk, slow walk, post trot, sit jog, extended lope, collected lope. Um, do things like figure eights with straight lines and softening. Um, do big and small circles. That's all going to help with your foundation and speed control and balance, collection, extension. That all helps with those transitions. Spend time every single ride on hip control, shoulder control, stopping, backing, rollbacks. Get out in the pasture and make sure that they'll listen to you in the pasture as much as in the arena. Plus, it gives them a fresh, like once a week, you should just flat go on a trail ride or a pasture ride or down the road or something. If it's safe, obviously, you don't need dogs chasing you. Um, but um, do something that gets your horse out and lets them be in nature. And you guys are just relaxed and bonding together and no pressure of anything, you know, and that's so good for you, too. But you can also change their environment by not working in the arena and doing what you would do in the arena out in the pasture with no barrels, but use a tree or a bush um, to work your circles or your figure eights or something. So mix it up, change it up. You keep it fresh for both of you. Um, there's other things I like to do. I call it my up-down circles. You can do it with or without a barrel. And it really gets a horse paying attention to your body 
When I'm up, I want them reaching with their shoulders. When I'm down, I want them pushing with their hips. And I'm just using my hands and legs to back it up. I'm looking at my quarter turns with my eyes between their ears, not down their neck. And my body says, go, reach with the shoulders. My, my body or my seat says, rate and use your hips and your pivot foot. I have a video for that if anybody wants to see it. So that's the main thing. And everything I talked about in here, if you go to the members only website, there's a video on it. And, and it's going to probably be under the foundation for horses. Um, uh, look in that area. Uh, it's also, if you use the search box in the group, you'll find it as well. Someone asked me um, from the clinic, they were having trouble sitting down in their turns. And they, they um, I, by the way, at the clinic, I had some awesome, like four really nice advanced riders and advanced horses. And then I'm only taking eight at my clinics for the most part nowadays because I don't hire assistants anymore. So I don't have to pay assistance. I do it all myself so I can get one-on-one -on -one time with people. So I don't have to take 10 or 12 riders for the most part, unless I'm going driving way further than normal. Like if I'm going three or more hours, I'll, I'll probably take 10 horses. But if I'm going just within two hours, I'm trying to stay at the eight for the most part. I get more one-on-one -on -one with people. Um, and I'm even doing like group clinics where I do six people for three or four hours. Or I'll do the eight people for five or six hours, you know. So anyways, I, I just feel like I get more one-on-one -on -one and I spend less because I'm not paying for assistance. And it just seems like it's working nicer for me. Um, I, I like it because I get more one-on-one -on -one with you guys. So, but what I wanted to say was I had um, four people that were really advanced and advanced horses. And it was fun to watch them. But it was the little tiny changes that made huge improvements for them. And that's important. And then, of course, I had some beginners and they have a lot to learn. Right. And so they get a little more frustrated because in the beginning, it's a lot. It's a lot. And just don't expect to learn it all at once. It takes a long time. So if you find yourself frustrated, just focus on one thing to improve on instead of 10 things. And I know it's hard because you're trying. I used to cry when I would take lessons or go to clinics, too, because I'd be so hard on myself and that's what it usually is. You're being hard on yourself. You're not upset with the person teaching you or the horse. You're just mad at yourself because you're like, I'm not getting this. But also remember, it's because you're trying to listen to someone coach you. You're trying to fill it on your horse. You're trying to teach it to the horse and you're trying to learn it for yourself. So that's why sometimes when you have a horse that's been there, done that, it's going to give you way more confidence than if you're learning and you have to teach the horse too, because it's green on green. And I joke, green on green makes black and blue. And, um, and it, it doesn't always, but it feels like you're bruised up and banged up some days after, um, you know, you're learning and your horse is learning together, but just realize it takes longer at when you and your horse are learning together. And be patient and don't lose your temper because they're just like a kid in school, just like you are. And uh, you wouldn't want a teacher hitting you on the head saying, hey, dummy, why, why can't you figure this out? So um, it's important that, uh, you know, you set them up for yes answers, set them up for success, teach them in increments that you both can understand and end your session on a positive note and calmer than you began. That's really important as well. So I'm going to go ahead and close up with a couple of things um, and then we'll be all done with this Q&A. But uh, first, I want to say if you enjoy my group, please tell a friend. 
Um, the best way you can thank me is give me a shout out on Facebook or have a friend join because um, for 30 years, my business has been word of mouth. My reputation is important to me. So I always give 100% to you guys because I always want um, positive feedback. And I know, you know, you can't please everybody, but I'm darn sure going to try. And, um, and people that stick with me are people that appreciate my eye and my experience and um, people that maybe I don't resonate with, that's okay too, because that's how life is. You find the horse that suits you, the rider that suits you, the, the husband, the friends, the, the food, the spouse, you know, just, you know, anything, your trainers, your mentors, you, you find what resonates with you and that's what you do. But if you enjoy my group, I would definitely always appreciate a shout out on Facebook or tell a friend privately, whatever is your preference, but I, I definitely appreciate it. So let's go ahead and end with uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then experience God's peace that will exceed uh, way more than we can understand. His peace guards our hearts and our minds as we live in Jesus Christ. So all through the Bible, it tells us how much God loves us and how we should trust in God and pray and have peace. And I truly believe that. I also believe in the Bible. It tells us what we think in our heart we are. So please believe in yourself. Have positive thoughts. And um, and just know I'm there for you if you need me. Um, and I believe in you guys and your horses. And, um, and just keep at it. You know, 1% a day. You know, be better today than you were yesterday. Your only competition is yourself, your own personal best. And whatever that is, we already have. Let me see here. I think we have eight or nine personal bests. Yep, we have eight personal bests for October already, which is awesome. And a personal best can be, maybe you ran a personal best fast time at an arena you go to get all the time. But maybe that's your 1% goal of having a better first barrel or a clean pattern or haul into your first show or whatever it is. You know, your horse went in the trailer easy. They picked up their leads, no problem. Any personal best is a win and each small win leads to your big wins. So stay motivated, ride hard, train hard, be better, believe in yourself. And um, as always, God bless and ride with heart. Thank you.